0: Ronananian. It's electric. California's got some power shutdowns going on. And uh, here to report about it, we've got John Pearley Huffman. He's a contributing editor from Car & Driver magazine.
1: People with Teslas, if they were taking power off the grid, they didn't have a way to charge their cars.
2: You can't see it. It's electric. You gotta feel it. It's electric.
0: The Car Doctor. We create this technology and then we create an electric car. It's a great, you know, it works. It's, it does what it's supposed to do. And now all of a sudden, we don't have any way to charge it because the electric utility is having financial troubles. Captain, we're losing power on the warp engine. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your call. At eight five 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 six zero ninety nine hundred. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey. It's time to start your engines. A long welcome, Ron and Indian, the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. Here to take your calls and answer your questions, whatever they might be. If uh, you've got a problem, make your problem my problem. That's what the Car Doctor does and has done for the past twenty eight years here on radio. As we motor forward and try and solve and fix all of America's broken cars, and I guess around the world, I have to I have to revise that one of these days in my head that uh, we're here for everybody and uh, you know via the internet and streaming and all the different ways we come to you now, podcasting and uh, live radio because uh, we do have eighty some odd. Live affiliates uh, all across this great nation of ours and growing each and every day. Let's, uh, without any further ado, I was going to had a little opening monologue. I wanted to talk about it. Can wait. Let's uh, let's open the garage doors right away. Let's get over to talk to Billy in Virginia. Thirteen Ford Escape. Welcome to the Car Doctor, Billy. How can I help you?
2: Hi, Ron. Appreciate you taking my call. Thank you. Sir. Um, I've had a, a check engine light started coming on about uh, two months ago, and uh, um local mechanic guy um he said it was uh, my turbo okay and so they put some kind of um uh, a sensor on it and that cost eight hundred fifty dollars and my it stayed off for about five hours and then came back on okay and, and it's then it just has no power
0: all right have you, um, have you taken it back to him to for for additional diagnosis
2: yeah, he's, uh, I'm supposed to take it back to him, and they they worked on it one time uh, all day, and he said, uh, he said, I just don't know. He said that uh, um, the mechanic says just got me puzzles, and I told him that I'd heard that they had a, um, a limited recall that it was in the wiring, and uh, so, you know, I'm and I'm dealing with cancer right now, and it's kind of hard for me to get it back to him real quick. Gotcha. And uh, so, you know, I'm at that part where I'm a paint contractor, and if I pull my um, if I pull my utility with me, um, one time I just about didn't get up a mountain. Right. And it, it wasn't that uh, wasn't that long of a mountain, but by the time I got um, close to the top it started running hot is, is I, I said this is not good
0: billy and is he so, is he your regular mechanic this guy yes this is the two liter turbo
2: two liter i think oh. so yes
0: okay um you've been with this guy a while as far as being your mechanic he's had successful yeah. repairs for you in the past
2: oh yeah everything to to this right here
0: okay yeah. so i understand what's going on um They've got a bunch of safety measures and, and override devices in this system so that if and when something fails, there's a logical, like anything else, there's, there's hopefully a logical flow of diagnosis. What I'd really need to know, what I'd really be curious to know is what fault code does this have, all right? Because that'll tell me, you know, is it a P0234 overboost? Is it a, a um, P0299 um, P0 lack of power? Um, possibly showing a problem with the wastegate or the turbo itself. So it, it's and, and each diagnosis would kinda take us down a different path. Uh-huh. Um, so so let's let me let me let me make an assumption. Let me make an assumption because this is a lax power. Let me say it's a P P0-299 rather. I'm sorry, P all nine. All right. Um, so write that down. Let's let's say we're chasing a two hundred ninety nine fault. All right? Um, okay. One of the things we can do, all right, and it's, it's simple with this particular car is hook up a scan tool, go for a ride, all right? Uh-huh. He can look at fuel rail pressure, actual and desired, right on the scan tool. So if, you know, that, because a, 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 a 299, if that's what it is, can be created by other things. It's, it's lack of power. All right, or its mm-hmm. lack of boost, being uh, failure, to, failure to achieve desired boost, I think, is the actual technical explanation. So a lot of things can make an engine not reach power. This could be low fuel pressure, and the flow chart will never take you, take you through that. This could be restricted exhaust, all right? Um, so sometimes in diagnosis, what everybody's got to understand is, tell me what's good, all right? Tell me what's good, I'll tell you what's bad. Uh, you know, I went to, I, and, and, and I'll tell you the story this way. I, I, I went to class this week um, for on, on ADOS, Automated Driver Assist Systems, and w- when I was there, one of the instructors pulled me aside and he said, hey, I've, I've, got a, I've got a client with a problem car. He was setting an airbag fault, and he says, I was getting ready to call you, and the guy doesn't know what to do. He's changed all these parts. and. Uh, my answer to him was, well, but what did he test? And he said, no, no, you don't understand. He changed all these parts. And I said, yeah, but what did he test? You know, in my universe, new means never, ever worked, and I say it all the time. And I explained to him, I said, listen, have the guy take the system out of the vehicle in his head, take it apart. It's an air pump, a diverter valve, an on-off control, and an O2 sensor to tell whether or not airflow is being achieved out of the pump. And I realized this isn't this isn't your problem, Billy, but just... Just, you know, an right. example of diagnosis. And I said, <laughs> have him look at everything. You know, what, what what's there to be considered? How do you know he doesn't have a spider web built up in front of the air inlet on the on the divert valve or on the pump, and, and it can't get airflow? Tell me how you tested the system. That's what I want to know. He uh-huh. looked at me, and he said, you know, you're right. He goes, I, I got caught up in, he changed this, 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 and this, and right, tell me what he tested. Tell me what's good, I'll tell you what's bad. It'll be whatever's left over. Sometimes that's how you got to approach it. There's just yeah. there's just no other way. So, well, it's you know, definitely a
2: power issue.
0: Right. So in a low power issue like yours, I want to look at fuel pressure. Now, you're fortunate in, in, the, in the days that, you know, in the old days, we'd have to hook up a gauge and go, go for a ride by rail and, and look at it. Well, you can do it on a scan tool. Where is it? Uh, where, where's fuel trim go when this happens? I'd kind of like to know if that stays within normal. Uh, you know, hooking up and looking at um, vac- manifold vacuum for restricted exhaust, which is kind of hard on a turbo. Maybe we can look at, I believe this is going to be a, this should be a mass air car. Um, there should be a vacuum pit, I believe, in this that it will look at, does it look normal? Do we have any signs of restricted exhaust? And then, you know, the actuator is, uh, then the issue becomes, do we have a sticking wastegate? And he could apply a handheld vacuum pump to the wastegate actuator, override the computer, apply vacuum, you know, apply vacuum to it while he's driving it. Does it pick up power? If it changes, that tells us that either the vacuum supply to the wastegate is an issue, or there's a problem with the wastegate itself—is it sticking, binding, whatever? Okay. So there's 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 things to do here. It's tell me what the fault is. All right and uh-huh. and understand and this is what I said to the gentleman at the class Wednesday night I said you know that fault code P0 I think it was P0402 there's specific things that have to happen to create that code Mhm you know don't don't fall into the trap and I know you got a lot going on and I and, and I you know I wish you the best brother but don't fall into yes, the sir. trap of you know well it's got a wastegate code or it's got a low power code it must be the turbo it must be you know, it could be a lot of things. Uh-huh. You, you know, one of the things I used to tell 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 my when I was teaching it was woulda, coulda, shoulda. You know, mm-hmm. I would have done this, I should have done that, and I could have come out this way. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. That's right. And and you know, so we got to diagnose. That's all right. Listen, is it a hardcore failure? Is the car broken right now? No,
2: it, it'll run. Uh, it'll run fine, and it's just um, uh, the. Um, the per mile gallon, uh, went down by about three miles to a gallon and it went from 21 something down to 18. Right. And, uh, um, it's just, um, it's just power. But when he, when he would reset the stuff, I mean, I thought, Oh my God, this is, this is, he, he fixed it. And it cause it run twice to what it would would be normally. So the adaptive uh,
0: it sounds like the adaptive either fuel trim or one of the other adaptives for the way the vehicle is running is is encroaching its high parameter or its high limit and it's limiting power as a result. Uh-huh. All the more reason it reasonable. could all
2: be in a fuel
0: deal. Right, you know, do we do we have a fuel pressure issue? Okay. All right. Understand, a turbocharged engine is working under such high pressure in the cylinder if if it runs low on fuel, it will limit turbo apply because or turbo boost because now you're going to run. Um, best way I can explain it is your the fuel that's in there is going to ignite quicker because there's less of it and you can do engine damage and have detonation issues. Right. So there's 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 a reason and a rationale. Um, let's go back and look at and see do we have you know, fuel pressure basics. Tell me what's good. I'll tell you what's bad. All right. Okay. So, hey Billy, good luck right. to you, and, and, and all all right, man, on, on all fronts, brother. Yeah, yes, yeah, sir. Listen, okay. um, we'll say a prayer for you. You take good care. All righty. All right. Thanks. You're very welcome. I'm running Annie in the car, doctor. We'll be back right after this.
1: Whether it's a little red Corvette or a Yugo, you've come to the right place to get that
0: car fixed. Ron and Amy in the car doctor. 855-560-9900. Now, back to Ron. Just a reminder, coming up at the bottom of the hour, we're going to be joined by John Hannigan. He is the director for Ford Motor Company, global aftermarket director. And John's going to be stopping back. We've had John on the show before. Talking about some of the changes and improvements to the diesel line. Of uh, Fords that Ford is making, and uh, as well as with their, you know, with their parts uh, from Motorcraft, uh, talking about some of the improvements they've made along the way, and how they're now making specific things available to help support the diesel uh, in the aftermarket world. So uh, we're looking forward to that too. That'll be around the bottom of the hour. Right now, let's get over to the busy phones and let's go over and talk to Paul from Long Island, 13 Ford Explorer. Paul, welcome to the Car Doctor, sir. How can I help?
1: Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Uh, I don't know where to start on this one. It's, it's an intermittent backup camera and very intermittent. It seems like there's no set
0: pattern that we can figure as of yet. Okay. Um, just once in a while, you, you've got reverse, reversion, the camera works or doesn't work. Right. Okay. So let's, let's talk about the basics. Obviously, you know, I'm going to tell you to just do a scan. I'm sure there'll be nothing there, but tell me what's good. I'll tell you what's bad. Um, You know, if within a reasonable amount of time after the problem happens, do a complete module scan. Uh, And most scan tools today will have that option, Uh, you know, snap-ons do, launch does, um, to name a few. So let's go out and do a complete module scan and and, and see what's there. And you know, obviously print or write everything down. This is not something you can fix with obd 2 because obd 2 is emissions only, right? Um, that's that's, what I was that's of, right yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so this is something we need we need a year make model specific scanner to go in and look at so that's number one number two fuse number 34 for the BCM and I believe it's in the BCM actually it's uh it's attached to or in and around the BCM if I remember right but fuse 34 if that fuse is okay and chances are it is you may want to and understand you may do some resets by doing this but it's just part of the game today. Pull the fuse out. Look at it. Um, I I don't think there will be, but just how clean is the fuse? Any signs of corrosion? Any signs of burn marks? Any signs of high resistance? I've seen fuses do some flaky things, and I'm getting in the habit on intermittents just looking at fuses now, and obviously look at the socket that the fuse sits in, all right? If the fuse is okay, you've got to pull down that panel uh, the, the backup camera sits above the license plate, right? So that back interior panels yep. got to come down. And yep. we're looking for the connector right at the rear video camera, all right? Okay. You're going to find a power and a ground. Obviously, make sure you've got power and ground. If you leave your meter hooked up to that, checking for power and ground, and you start to wiggle and massage the harness and beat it up and, you know, um, uh, manipulate the harness any which way you can, does it maintain power and ground? Chances are it will. Okay. All right. But you know, we're we're just trying to find an intermittent. Here's the hard thing. Okay. If the power and grounds are okay, and here's a classic case of where wiring in the one night the one ninety four side marker bulb you always hear me talk about would be a great thing. Yep, yep. So I could you know, and and it'll actually work, right? You could look in the rearview mirror, is the bulb lit? If the bulb's lit and the camera's out, it's gonna answer my next question. All right? My next okay. question is, um, the next wire I would want to go look at is, and we're going to play alphabet soup here, um, uh, Paul, in that, you know, the next thing I want to look at is I want to go look at the Lin wire. Lin wire on, on the camera on this truck is the local independent network. See, you thought it was a car. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's just a giant computer with wheels and an engine and a payment book. All right? So we want to go look at the, win, the, the the lin wire, all right, if you disconnect the camera, there should be voltage on that LIN wire with the key in the on position. That's the communication data line from the body computer, from the BCM to the camera. Okay? Okay. If, if there is voltage there, keep the camera disconnected and disconnect the APM. You know what the APM is, don't you? No. The accessory protocol interface module. Don't you love this business? Okay. All right. Yeah, I love it. It's just okay. Disconnect that and check the two wires from the camera to the apum just to make sure there's any shorts or opens. All right, and shorts to ground and that kind of stuff. If there aren't, then it's going to be a backup camera. It's that simple. Okay. Backup cameras are very common. They they tend to go bad. Okay. Uh, that's that's the long winded around the block, how to do it explanation of how to check it. I get this I get this call a lot, uh, both at the shop and here.
1: And I can go back and replay it on your uh, replay. Right, you can do,
0: and that's an excellent point. And we—I don't mention that. I fail to mention that enough. That's my fault. But you can, for everybody, you can go and take this show. The show will be up uh, within the next two hours after we're off air. Um, it gets it gets sent up to uh, to the server for podcast distribution, and this is approaching the bottom of the first hour on whatever today is. Um, right, today's Perfect. date, and you know you can kind of walk back through it again. All right, sir. So thank you very much. Have a good you, weekend. You're very welcome. You too. Um, your cars aren't getting any simpler, right? It's just, but you know what? It's a very exciting time. I'm going to hear a lot of groans from this, but it's a very exciting time to be fixing cars. It really is. All right. Um, the posers are going away. You can't be a pretender in this business anymore, and it's 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 sort of entertaining to sit in the back of the room. And watch the show going on and you know I said this to someone this morning at breakfast I was having a, a breakfast we we're the mechanical group and you know where's the business going and I said I I, I just don't know I you know where are we going to be in five or seven or eight or ten years and that's the big question because it's it's getting to the point of cost of technology is trying to keep up and It'll always be here, but what's it going to look like? And, and that's the ultimate question. So, uh, you know, I'll be here as long as I can, God willing. Um, he keeps me fixing cars, keeps me healthy. Hey, coming up next, John Hannigan from Ford Motor Company, the global aftermarket director, talking about um, Ford diesels and all points and parts in between. So, you want to come back for that? I'll uh, be there with him. I'm Ronanini in the car, doctor. Don't go away. 'm Manning, the, the car doctor. Diesel is a, a word that strikes all sorts of images in everybody's mind. And Ford Motor Company has done a great job of presenting the diesel engine on the road today in, 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 in all sorts and fashions, from, from, from cars to medium to light to heavy-duty truck. The, the entire parameter. There are 1.4 million power stroke diesels on the road today. And that says a lot about how Ford has, you know, become the leader in the diesel market that they are. And we thought to discuss it further and talk about some of the innovation that's going on there. We would once again welcome back John Hannigan. He is the global aftermarket director for Ford Motor Company. And we're happy to have him. John, welcome back, sir.
1: Thank you for having me, Ron. I really appreciate being part of your show today.
0: Well, we're we're really we're John. It's always a good conversation. Uh, One point four million Power Stroke diesels on the road—that's quite an accomplishment.
1: It is. It's a great history for Ford, and and, and what's nice too is our our newest offering, which is a twenty twenty offering for the Ford Super Duty. Just got a refreshed third engine, six point seven liter Power Stroke engine, Ron, and it's got uh, best in class horsepower at four hundred seventy five torque pounds and best in class torque. With 1,050 uh, hauling capabilities. So it's, it's up there and it's, it's had a nice introduction and it's doing very well for us with our
0: dealers. Yeah, that could probably pull a few buildings. thousand uh, fifteen <laughs> foot. that's a <laughs> We haven't tried that. <laughs> you, know, but, um, you know, it's... It's, it's an idea a, for a commercial though, I, Ron. I, I, well, <laughs> you,
1: you, you,
0: you know, John, I gotta tell you, I, I, I always think back I, a little off the subject here. I, I, I always think back I had a customer with a Ford excursion, a diesel excursion, a Power Stroke, a 7.3 going way back, right? And and yeah. um, he, he brought it in one day and we fixed it for the diesel and his complaint was it didn't have enough power to you know to do anything and it had snowed that day at the shop and my plow fit his truck and I didn't have my truck that day and I said well Joe said it I asked Joe he says yeah go ahead plow the shop I have to tell you once you snow plow with a diesel if if uh-huh. if you have a re- you'll never plow with anything else because it just it boy does that diesel put out torque and power it just keeps going uh, like like it's nothing cool. I've ever experienced
1: very consistent and uh, very strong to yeah. your point
0: just just like wow um, mm-hmm. the, the Ford 6.7-liter power stroke that's on the Super Duty trucks, you're, you're now offering remanufactured turbos. Talk about that a little bit.
1: Well, the remanufactured turbos, what's really interesting about that, it is the first to market that we anyone's done that. And it's actually remanufactured in the United States, run, which is really important, of course. Of course. It exceeds their engineering rigorous OEM test requirements. It's got a high-performance bearing in there for increased durability within these engines, too, because these are strong engines that last a long, long time. I mean, some diesels go over a million miles, total million miles. It's the only remanufactured 6.7 turbocharger that's got the OEM balancing techniques, which really yields lower noise, vibration, and harshness rates within the caps and in the in the feel of the actual ride in the vehicle. And most importantly, because we have always want to make sure we've got the the shop owner, especially PSN, PSN members uh back and the technician. It offers a two-year unlimited warrant, warranty with labor included and no commercial exceptions. On
0: and that's kind of unheard of when it comes to a diesel, right? Right, John. It's, you that's know, right. that's it, right. That's one of the best, if not the best, warranty in the business. Um, it is
1: the best, and it shows the confidence we've got in our product. Yeah,
0: well, I, and you know, with a diesel, you, you've got to be right spot on the money um, because diesels uh, they don't they don't tolerate what's the word I'm looking for? Not abuse. They don't tolerate um, variations in tolerance in, in, in a lot of areas. Um, and, and let's use yeah. that as a segue, right? Clean fuel yep. is so important for a diesel. Uh, most fuel filters are round, but yep. the six-seven I was reading is now a flat panel design fuel filter. What are the benefits?
1: Well, uh, just, to, just to circle back for a minute, a single particle of dirt, Ron, is, you know, can damage the entire system. And then water gets in there and freezes inside the system, which can block the entire flow of fuel into the engine, which really causes serious damage. Motocraft's high-performance filter media, it's able to filter particles as small as 4 microns. A typical oil filter is like 30 microns. This is 4. That's Mm -hmm. how much of an improvement this is. The air bleed orifices assure no reduction in the performance of the filter, improve the longevity, and then you've got no fuel pump noise on top of that. There's 98% water removal rate, 98% Ron compared to the aftermarket, which runs around 65 to 82%. Again, the OE level performance is so critical. And then the motorcraft parts are designed, again, the OE form, fit, and function, which is so important for our installers today. Uh, I remember when I was one at one time and how important that was. And it's fully backed, again, by the, the two-year unlimited mileage uh, warranty and labor, again, included, and in no commercial exceptions.
0: And it's just, its again, it's putting you guys out in the front of the field. And for those of you just tuning in, we're talking to John Hannigan, the global aftermarket director for Ford Motor Company. We're talking about the changes and the improvements that are being made in the world of diesel, specifically some of the Ford product that's out there, as well as some of the offerings for replacement parts. The 3-liter the power stroke, John, that's in the F-150, yep. Um, yep. that thing gets, that truck gets 30 miles to the gallon on the highway.
1: It it does. It's our first diesel offering in an F-150 on top of that, Ron. And, you know, the F-150 has been the number one selling pickup truck for over 42 years straight. And we definitely want to continue to have that leadership position. And this is one of the ways we feel we really can do this. Now, that puppy has 440 pounds of torque in just um, 1,750 RPMs. On top of that, the power truck can tow up to 11,400 pounds. Really conquering some big jobs, the F 150 can. I could bring,
0: I can, I can bring my lunchbox to work. <laughs>
1: you, um. <go> ahead. <laughs> you can, you can. <laughs> and you get 30 miles to the gallon. To your point, um, it's got the engine side, the engine in is a little different. It's a compacted graphite engine, or G- they call it the CGI, which is a deep skirt engine block with aluminum cylinder heads for the weight savings there, which really, really has strength as well as the uh, lightness to it, if you will, d- reduction in weight, if you will, to try to help. Contribute to that, uh, that great fuel economy. It's got a large turbocharger, which takes care of high in- high airflow to maximize the power. Again, around that torque capability, it's got um, forged steel, fully counterweighted crankshaft in it, which is a new design for us, so a for strength and durability for our crankshaft capability. And then the high pressure common, you know, rare fuel injection, rail fuel injection has got really the good power and fuel consumption emission control. So you've Listen, really. This is a very impressive offering, and we, we're, we're really proud of it, Ron. You've you really, really
0: redesigned it from the bottom up. Yes, sir. You In, did. Inside out. So it's not just one part, it's all the parts. Everything has been improved upon and, and, and made better. We gotta, uh, and we got to do that to stay number one. Yeah, to be competitive so. like that, sure, yeah. Um, yep. So then let me ask you the ugly word start, mm-hmm. stop technology. It, uh, rumor has it that. This particular setup is going to have start-stop technology on a on a diesel, John.
1: Yeah, on a diesel truck. On top of it, Ron. Listen, th- what you've heard about it. Give this one a good look because the start-stop stop technology on this on this offering's top notch. It's got. Uh, it's all about improving the fuel economy. Back to that thirty miles per gallon. So the start-stop contributes to that capability. Technology, the biodiesel capability really offers the fuel flexibility and convenience we need. It's got an and a very intelligent oil life monitor system inside of it to help ensure we've got regular maintenance because you have to do that with a diesel engine. Right. It's an oil-based system, so we've got to make sure it's maintained. And on top of that, it's re- this is what makes it different, Ron. It's got a smart charging alternator, which really helps provide consistent, reliable charging to improve fuel economy and, and battery life on top of that as well. So that's new this year as well. That adds to that start-stop technology
0: capability. Uh, I, I got to get my hands on one of these. It's it's it sounds. You know, it, it's it's interesting. Y- you always think a diesel is you know noisy and it smells and it clatters and so yep. we had we had a customer in the shop two weeks ago with a I think it was like a 17 or an 18 diesel F250 uh, okay. all, uh, vehicle and it was a diesel and it was running and I couldn't even mm-hmm. tell. Uh, you know it was so quiet like you really had to listen now and if, if the newer if the newer stuff is even quieter uh you know you're not gonna be able to tell the difference anymore it's not going to be anywhere near um it's
1: re- it's really something to see i gotta tell you I so i i was there in a couple of the labs and they were testing them out and it's really impressive around yeah, that point where right. as far as we've come
0: i can imagine hey john it's always great when we get together we got to do this more often where, where where can the listeners go for more information
1: Well, I agree, Ron. I'd love to do this as as often as you'd like. Um, You can get more information on Motorcraft.com, but really the hub to go to is FordParts.com because it's got a complete catalog offering in there and you can search by VIN, you can search by model keyword or part number.
0: Oh, uh, l- so let me the, let me let me tell you fordparts.com once you get mm-hmm. used to it, you can't live without it. I've I've told more than a few stories here on there. Uh, most recently I had an 06 F250 that I needed the little purge valve coming off the back of the intake manifold. Yep. And, and, yep. I, and I called my dealer, and my, my dealer is talking to me, and he's going, well, and I'm like, well, he says, go to this, and I said, let me go to this web. I went to FordParts.com. He gave, what, what stunned me, John, and I know we're off topic yep. here, I'm sorry, he, he gave me a, a, a reference number. I typed that reference number into FordParts.com. It brought me to the same page he's looking at, and he said, is it number three? Yeah, okay, I'll order you that. It was that simple. I That's great. I just I went wow look at this um, instead of you know the, the the poke and hope and I hope we get the right yep. part tomorrow um, really 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 made it you know that much easier so uh, you guys are doing look. a heck of a job up there thank um, thanks John the
1: images we keep adding to the site too as well it really help you make sure you get the right part
0: the yeah. first time which is it's, so critical it's so critical because it saves downtime hey John I gotta go but again thank you sir thanks for being uh, okay. part of the Car Doctor family today and we're always glad to have you guys you come back anytime.
1: Thank you,
0: Ron. Appreciate it. You're very welcome, sir. You take good care. I'm Ron Ananian, The Car Doctor. We are back right after this. Welcome back, Ron and Ian, the Car Doctor. Um, thanks again to John from uh, Ford Motor Company. We appreciate him taking the time today. Uh, lots of good stuff, right? Diesel stuff changes all the time, and uh, diesel they've got to stay so on top of because of what we ask it to do out in the uh, out in the universe in terms of getting us around and moving our uh, moving our our product and ourselves. That uh, you know, it's it's a big deal. So, uh, you know, always good to stay on top of that. Let's do a quick piece of email. I've I've been wanting to get to this one. Um, This comes to us from Casey. Casey is in Smithtown, New York. Hey, Ron, I've got a 2018 Subaru Outback Limited 2.5, and I'm going to paraphrase some of this. I purchased a vehicle new October 2017. Since day one, I parked it in my garage, and I smelled antifreeze. I look all over. I don't see anything, nothing on the garage floor. Before I brought it in for the first oil change, at 500 miles, I noticed the coolant tank has barely anything in it. When it's cold, way below the low level mark i mentioned it to the dealer and they just said top it off and the smell is normal car now has 11,000 miles on it, and i still have the same problem i thought the heater core but i pulled back carpeting under the glove box and saw nothing and there's no steam residue on the windshield when you put it on the frost i told the dealer three separate times they pressure tested it and keep saying everything is normal i asked them where the coolant is going they said it might be evaporating i gotta tell you coolant doesn't evaporate i'm gonna jump in here for a second you know antifreeze is is basically to a large degree a a, an oil-based solution it doesn't evaporate pour a small puddle of antifreeze on your garage floor come back three months later it's still sitting there it's 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 a it's a it's an oil-based solution if you want to think of it like that and it just doesn't really evaporate i don't you know maybe the liquid water portion portion of it will and but not like what you're going through here. I don't see that you're... you're it sounds like you're going through some, some, some real serious amount. I never had a car do this before. I contacted Subaru of America, SOA. Did you ever think about a Subaru of America? Changed their name. It could be SOS, which sometimes you need if you're a Subaru. Suggested I bring it to a different dealer, so I did. This dealer gave me a loaner car, which is nice, and they still have it. Which means you should now become an Uber service. Service manager called me and said they found nothing, but they were going to do an overnight pressure test. SOA called and said Subaru tech support team is working with the dealer to come up with a solution. Did you ever hear anything like this on a late model Subaru? No, but, well, I have. I have seen this as a recurring problem over the years. And, obviously, head gasket comes to mind because it seems that if it's disappearing, where is it going? And I have, I have seen and heard of this particular problem, but I have not seen or found that Subaru has come up with a, with a solution. My question is, why is this so hard to diagnose? You know, this is still, let's put a dye additive in the coolant, run the vehicle. Do we see signs of that dye stain anywhere? Uh, with a black light, are we are we seeing it seep out somewhere? And if that's not the case, and if it's really going down, um, you know, I'm going to start to question: Do I have a head gasket issue? And do I have a CP head gasket, particularly cold? Uh, although Subarus aren't known to do this at such a young age, you know, I still question do they have issues? And uh, you know what, they're probably the third or fourth car company that are having issues right now with head gaskets, if this pans out, um, uh, that I'm aware of that we're not really talking about, so I'm not going to talk about it. But um, suffice it to say that I still think this is a, a an easy solution to diagnose, and uh, by all means, Casey, if you, if you can, keep me in the loop. I'd like to know what the final solution is with this. Uh, we'll announce it up here on air, but... Uh, I'm betting head gasket. eight five five I'm Ron Any the Car Doctor coming back right after this.
1: Hey,
0: welcome back. Ron Anany the Car Doctor. I want to talk a little bit about, well, Sometimes repairs are simple. It's just the diagnostic routine. This comes to us from the October issue of All Data News from the folks over at AllDataAllData.com. 2007 Ford Expedition came into the shop. They've got a blog about this. The vehicle had almost 200,000 miles on it, and the power windows were inoperative. So they could hear, they'd say they say they're all down about two inches, and they wouldn't go up or down. The customer stated they could hear a buzzing sound from the master control switch. The shop replaced the master switch with an OEM part, but the symptom remained. Now, one of the nice things that All Data has is they have a Tech Assist line, right? So the Tech Assist consultant from All Data suggested checking for power at the main wire to the shop, and they found that the test lamp would barely light. And they next used a power probe. A power probe is a device that has its own power and ground. They applied power to that pin, and the windows work. So they were then able to approve that, you know, tell me what's good. The switch is good, the, re- the window motor is good, and the-, the window regulator assembly itself is good. So we know it's not the window, it's the wires leading up. Together, the tech assist consultant from All Data and the technician traced the circuits in a wiring diagram from All Data Repair. They found that the harness had a broken wire under the driver's door sill plate. It only had a few strands left, which allowed minimum voltage through the circuit. There you go. Here's that example about I always tell you about use um, a, a round headlight, six, seven amps of current across the circuit to see if it'll light the light. It would tell you whether or not it's got enough to make all the electrons flow to make the device or whatever it is that it wants to operate, operate. Um, courtesy of AllData.com, that one comes to us from uh, their all data news this year, this month. I'm Ron in the car doctor, reminding you, good mechanics aren't expensive, they're priceless.